0: Hello, my fine no-ad feed friends. What's this, an ad on the no-ad feed? What's going on? It's not an ad, not really. I'm just here to tell you that the system by which we do the no-ad rohelastepers is about to change at the end of June. We're going over to ACAST+. Plus. There'll be loads of warning about this and details of how you change over, but if you want to carry on getting ad-free rohelastepers, then you have to move to ACAST+. Plus. The monthly badger system will continue, and it will be to back... Uh, my other projects, my other non-commercial projects such as Twitch of Fun, Self-Playing Snooker and Stone Clearing. But if you're into Rahulastapur, you have to move over to ACAS+. You can stay with both systems or you can choose which one you want to go with. But there will be more information coming up very soon. Thanks for your time. Now listen to this ad-free, apart from this ad, feed-free-fee. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Theatre Royal Wakefield. Please welcome a man who hopes that this first podcast is going to go better than the first one did in Leeds. It's Richard Herring! <laughs> Thank you very much! Hello, Wakefield. I dressed up. I dressed up for you. <laughs> How lovely to be here. Thank you very much. The Theatre Royal Wakefield, this is when the royal family in Wakefield, this is where they come to see stuff. This, <laughs> love it down here. Uh, welcome uh, to uh, Richard Herring's Lambasting Suckling Tigers podcast. It's, uh, we're taking take a new direction with the podcast, hope you don't mind. Uh, this, I thought it be... so much competition now, so what we're going to get baby tigers, get them suckling on their mothers, and then take the piss out of them, uh, see how it goes. <laughs> They're wild tigers. They may attack. Uh, We'll see. It could could be good. Uh, Though I was uh, hanging around um, in Morgana and uh, Hellraiser. (laughs) In the riding shopping centre. Uh, I don't go to Primark, mate. I go to Morgana and Hellraisers. And uh, there was a bloke dressed up as a vampire in there, and uh, he called it Hellestabus. I don't know if that's (laughs) going to... That's very good. Thank you very much cool kids in, Uh, and um, Wakefield, Uh, there's not much I know about Wakefield before today, Uh, it is the capital of the Rhubarb Triangle, which is the worst euphemism for vagina I've ever heard. Um, If you're looking for some Rhubarb Triangle tonight, apparently outside Argos is a good place to start, so it's this time of night. They love rhubarb, you love rhubarb, don't you? Wakefield, that's the main thing about Wakefield. They've got a sculpture of some, of some rhubarb. <laughs> that's how much they <laughs> like it. Uh, there's a Wakefield festival of food, drink and rhubarb, which sort of implies rhubarb isn't a food, which I can go along with. Oh, I did mention the Leeds City Varieties. Uh, we did, uh, was anyone at the Leeds City Varieties gig? Yeah, it was quite a uh, lively occasion uh, we had. The first guest was uh, turned up a little bit... Um, Tired and emotional, it's not, <laughs> it's not going out, but uh, I've ch- Chet came out of the backstage, she's only, she's, I think she might be on mushrooms, but apart from that, she's fine, <laughs> she's gonna be fine, she's a bit jet-lagged apparently, so it'll be fine, um, hopefully, um, uh, what else have I got for you here, anything? Oh, well, uh, um, I, uh, oh, well Wakefield is uh, named after, it was Whacker's Field, that's what it's called. There was a lot of people whacking off in the fields. <laughs> they thought, well, Better build a town, try and stop them doing that. <laughs> now they're just doing the town centre though, don't they? So it's... Um... Anyway, let's crack on, I think. Uh, yeah, we're my first guest tonight. Sorry, my only guest tonight. We only do one a week, as you know. <laughs> nearly got, I nearly blew it then. It's probably best known as the story editor of episode 100 of Albion Market. That's why we're here tonight. <laughs> Find out about that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Kay Mellon! Welcome. Sit down. Sit down, and make yourself at home.
1: I, I brought my fan. You brought your fan. Yeah, I thought I'd better bring one along. <laughs> no, but um I'm, I'm what is it? It's not that I'm pretentious, it's just that I'm menopausal. So that's what it's okay. for. <laughs> yeah, just in case I get hot. Okay.
0: <laughs> okay. You'll get you'll get hot sitting next to me. Look at me in this suit. Have you seen this suit? I don't wear oh, a yeah, suit. No, everywhere. It's nice. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. This is especially for UK. Thank Once, you. Once uh, Rob's on, we going to. I'm going to treat you with respect. It's not oh, something good. I do very often. <laughs> right, <my guests>. right. <laughs> I don't often have guests that we can respect, really, have done anything worth respecting. So, um, Albion Market, was that one of your first.
1: Highlight of my of life.
0: <laughs> do you remember Albion Market? Yeah.
1: Yeah, they axed it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. You were episode 100. You I started. was episode
1: 100. They brought me in to save it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, sadly, I didn't. I couldn't <laughs> really. But I tell you what, I learned a lot. Mm-hmm. I learned when when something's failing and the press are against it, you work really really hard. So I, you know, I worked really really hard, learnt a lot, and they still axed it. It was well, a thanks. shame, really, because it was uh, it was good. Yeah. You know, we once we realised that it needed to be about story and not incidents. You know, because it was. The the be whole episode about a snake in the market. You know, nobody's interested in a snake in the market. You know, quite they want romance, that. they want drama.
0: I'd quite like to see a whole series of just the snake. It's about a snake in a market. Yeah, that's why
1: you're a comedian.
0: <laughs> that's the only character, just the snake. Yeah, just the snake. Yeah, I could have turned this thing around for you, Kate. You could have done, you could, they, should have, they should have enlisted you so well let's let's start you've you've lived in leeds your whole life is that right i have yeah, yeah born never and bred. been tempted to i mean you've had a lot of big success all over the world yeah never been tempted to move away from leeds my only experience of leeds is meeting ricky wilson so I've, uh, <laughs> uh, i'd move straight away if i'd <laughs> no no i love leeds it's a fantastic yeah it's city. wonderful it's yeah.
1: great i love yeah. it yeah we've got everything yeah. you know we we've we've got harvey nichols we've got you know we've got john, john lewis yeah We've got, you know, no, it, we're in Wakefield, we, yeah, don't we? Yeah, don't no. don't, don't <laughs> talk them. But they come through, don't you? You come through to Leeds. Yeah, they come yeah. and visit. Come back, yeah. right? You know, and I There's come through to Wakefield. Great shopping centre, Wakefield.
0: Yeah. Lots yeah. of empty shops if you're interested in starting up your own business as well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and they've and they've got John Godber here. Yeah. You know, John's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, no,
0: of course. Um, so I mean, <laughs> you, you're. Um, it is wonderful. Um, your, I mean, your career is quite unusual in, in that you, um, I mean, especially as in TV. TV is very much seen as this sort of Oxbridge, yeah, uh, uh, and very male-oriented. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And and you were you got married when you were 16. I did. You had a baby when you were 16. I did. Uh, You've done your checking. I have. <laughs> uh, oh, what else are you going to dig up? Well, because so you got married in the year I was born. Oh, dear. So I, I was thinking, yeah. my goodness. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, she must have been 11 years old. Yeah. But I 16, was 10, 20. actually. <laughs> no, no, I was 16. Yeah, so it's, yeah. Uh, it's... That that must have been... Did you have aspirations before that? Well, happened? I was the kid.
1: I was the kind of irritating kid in school that does all the plays, yeah. goes to the front of the class and acts out scenes for, for all the other kids. And uh, that was me, really, me and Margaret Pickering, could old the auction name. Yeah. We would, what is it, we, we'd act out, do little scenes, and I'd be the one that'd say, you say this and then I'll say that, and then you say that, and then, and then all the, they'll all laugh, <laughs> and then that'd be great, all right. So we'd do that, you know, and uh, we used to do that every time it was raining outside. And so me and Margaret Pickering had entertain all the class. Nice. And so we, st- you know, we got to do it loads and loads of times. And uh, this particular, so we started doing it even when it wasn't raining outside. Right. And this particular day, um, I remember uh, class all clapped at the end of the session and then, and then somebody kept, kept on clapping and it was the teacher and we thought, oh no, now we're going to get done because it's <laughs> not raining outside, you know, so she- all the kids scooted off. And she said, um, you two wait behind. And I'm busy saying to Margaret Pickering, it's your fault, and she's going like this, you know who's who's going to be the one that takes the blame. And she said, OK, which one of you makes up the stories? And Margaret went like that to me, and and I went, it's me. And she went, I remember this. She said, "Um, I wish I could take you back to the States with me. I wish I could put you in my pocket. And I had no idea what that meant. And I remember just saying, am I in trouble? And she said, no, no, just go on out. And after that, I was always invited to any arts things that were on, you know, in, in yes. school, like the ballet and stuff like that. I got herded along, you know, uh, with the rest. Uh, so I, I would, you know, so I'd be in year three, and it'd be for year four, but I'd be asked to go along. Yeah. So she, she recognised something in me. But did
0: you think at that point that that was a career? Cause I, no. no.
1: You know, for me, as a, as a girl, you know, the best that I could achieve, that I thought, would be to be a teacher or a nurse, and that was it. Yeah. I didn't know what writing was. I didn't know what a writer or an actor or a producer was. So I had no idea. I didn't come from those circles. You know, I was you know, on the council estate, Islandwood Council State, and that was it. Yeah. That was my lot. If I was very, very lucky, I could be a teacher or a nurse.
0: And so what... Prompted you, obviously you, you you had children young and then when you were a, a bit older, you went back to university yeah. college to do drama. Yeah, I did. And so what prompted that move?
1: I, well, I promised my mum. I remember after I, she found out I was pregnant, I remember her saying, saying, oh, you know, you're so clever, Kay. She said to me, it's just such a shame that, you know, it, it felt like I'd ruined my life, you know, because that was back then. And, you know, she said, you could have done anything, you know, and she said... Will he promised me one thing, which is that you'll go back into education later on, that, you know, if you get chance. Yeah. And I said, yeah, yeah, I will. And so when, when my kids started school, I was still only, oh, I don't know, in early 20s. Yeah. So I went back and started doing O-levels and A-levels, all the things, you know. And, and I found it absolutely fascinating, and I absolutely loved it. And then I thought, what am I going to do with all these O-levels and A-levels? I've got loads of them by that time. <laughs> and somebody said to me, why don't you go to Bretton Hall? Uh, and I, I said, well, where's Bretton Hall? And they went, it's in Wakefield. And so I went, yeah, okay, I can do that, you know. Let me try. So I went for a, what, you, what was it, like an interview slash audition. Yeah. And um, they said, fill in this form. Tick anything that you're interested in. So I ticked everything. Pottery, you know, <laughs> English, art, the arts, everything. There were about eight of them, things that I ticked. And then this tutor came out and he said, um, who was it that picked eight? Things you know, and so we're all queued up. And I went, "Oh well, you know." Put my hand up, and he went, "We'll start with drama, and then we'll move along." (laughs) And then after the drama, um, they just said, "This is what you should be doing. You should be doing drama." And uh, I loved it. I just loved it. I thought I landed at Breton Hall in October, and literally, you know, all the. Autumnal leaves in, and the sky, in, and there was a boating lake. I thought I'd landed in paradise, you know. And they were paying me then. Yeah. They paid me. well You don't get that now. No.
0: <laughs> to go and study. Yeah.
1: Now you know we have to pay for it, and without that I wouldn't be able to be a student.
0: It's sort of interesting because I think, like, both as a writer and a student, the things I regret about being a student is you sort of, you know, you're a teenager, early 20s. Yeah. And so you don't really do any studying because I was trying to have sex, you know. (laughs) I was nearly 20 before I had sex, so I wasn't going to have children at 16, unfortunately. Uh, But but as a writer, too, that, you know, I've actually now got two young kids under four. Yeah. That's a pain in the ass when you're 52, isn't it? That's. If I'd done it, if I'd done it, if I could have found someone to have sex with me at 16, (laughs) and got them pregnant, I could have got that out of the way. That's what you could
1: have done, and
0: had a career. Yeah. Shut up. Sorry. it's all right. You're allowed. (laughs) (laughs) Payback time. Long as the gloves are off, Kay. <laughs> and so you were, you started as an actor, and then how did the writing come? From, did the writing come out of doing? Well, the writing started
1: jazz? really at Breton. Right. At Breton Hall, because um, God, I'm going to have to take this off just a second. Oh, hot. Told
0: you. Sexual magnetism. <laughs> <laughs> it's when I started talking about losing my virginity at <laughs> nearly 20. That That's was it, the was a Ow. <laughs> I was saying, I was holding on to it for someone special. <laughs>
1: I'm here. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so yeah, so, yeah, the, so the, the writing Bretton came Hall.
1: Bretton Hall, it was the NSDF, which was National Students Drama Festival. And usually it was at Oxford, Oxford or Cambridge. But this particular year, it was at Bretton Hall. Right. And I thought, I could do a play, I can, I can do that. So I worked with a couple of actors downstairs in the, um, like the, it was like a, a, a sacred place. It was um, like a, a prayer room or something. And we made this play called Paul. When I say made it, we it was sort of semi-improvised. Okay. And and then at the NSDF. So, yeah, so we improvised it and then I shaped the play and made it into a proper play, you know, and typed it all up and everything. And then we put it on and we were, you know, we won Best New Play, which was fantastic. And I had people like, you know... Um, James Fenton and Bill Alexander from the RSC asking me how I did it. I remember going like, what have I done? <laughs> I, I had no idea what I'd done, you know, that I'd created this play. And uh, and then people, people started saying, oh, you should do that. But at the same time, I was acting in things like Twelfth Night and um, playing Viola, playing all the leads, Antigone and, uh, you know, uh, Rosalind. And so I loved acting and I yes. loved writing. And I just felt, Wonderful. It was the most wonderful creative time of my life when I was at Bretton Hall. Yeah. And then when I finished, I didn't know really what I wanted to do, so I formed a theatre company. And we used to tour around places like this, you know. And we'd chat, you know, I'd put the play on, and I'd be in it, write it, do everything, you know, direct it. And then we'd pull up our chairs and talk to the audience. And the audience, you know, Yorkshire audience is a very straight they are and they'll tell you if they like something and they'll they, tell you if they don't they, they told don't. Ricky Wilson yeah <laughs> <laughs> well
0: that's it yeah. you know that's
1: what you want but you learn a lot from that Ricky would have learnt a lot if he, he listened done,
0: if he could only have remembered any of it <laughs>
1: So that's where, um, yeah, yeah. that's where it's the well, writing starts. It, but started. it's sort
0: of getting on with it, isn't it? I think the thing... Because a lot it. of people email yeah. me, and I'm sure lots of people email yeah. you, and say, how do I become a writer? And you yeah, kind yeah. go, well, you're sort of prevaricating now by even you asking a question. Just, yeah. You can write something. Go and write something and put it on exactly. somewhere and do it.
1: And people say to me, how do you write television? And I go, hang on, you've got the best tool in your living room. Right there. You can look at it and watch yeah. and see how to write television. You know, what's your favourite programme. And, you know, analyse it, watch it again, write down how many scenes are in it, see how a scene is constructed, see how many characters that you use, you know. It's not like it's a mystery. It's right there <laughs> yeah. in your living room.
0: Yeah, it's, I mean, but it's still like, it's a, a, such an amazing story even by, you know, the, the, to get to the level of success you've, success you've got from that beginning, from beginning in, you know, in Yorkshire, young mother. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but it is, you know, because I'm I'm from Yorkshire too, so I'm I'm in, in a way an amazing success as well. Yes, no, he isn't. <laughs> I I got out quick. Yeah. Um, got out when I was four. Um, but uh, but you know, that is it's so extraordinary, people. And I mean, I I, I do want to talk to you about this, so let's talk about this now. But it's because at the moment, you know, there's all this. Controversy about how many women yeah. writers there are on TV, yeah, and it's still yeah, something yeah, like yeah. ten or twelve yeah. percent of, of I, scripts I mean, are I, written by yeah. women. And 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 that yeah, you are in the eighties and nineties, mm, mm. you know, creating these massive drama series for ITV and BBC. Yeah,
1: I think it was hard. I, I'm I've got a very kind of. Uh, persistent streak, if, if, I, if I believe in something, mm. I'll really, really push it, you know, it's like I started to go to award ceremonies and places where I knew that Ellen Yentob was just so that I could get to him, and I would see the look of fear in his eyes, he'd go, <laughs> it's that mad woman coming to me again to get me to read that bloody script you know, uh, and because he had a script, he had the, the first script of Band of Gold, right. and uh, you know, I wanted him to read it, that's all I wanted him to do, But I, but you know, looking back it was a Northern woman, woman, uh, and he, you know, uh, writing about sex workers. Yeah. He ain't gonna read that script. <laughs> I know that now, you know, but now, because I've got a bit of a name, yeah. now he, anybody would read a script that I, I, I put in, you yeah. know, but then going back, you know, it was, it was difficult because he would be, you know, hobnobbing with the likes of Simon Gray, Oxbridge, Cambridge people, and I was nobody and a nothing. So it was really hard. And, and it was actually through knowing somebody, through, 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 the, through Albion Market, right. actually, yeah. that comes back. And he's a Huddersfield lad called David Liddemont yeah. who happened to be working at Granada Television. And I got into Granada through acting. So I went to play a policewoman in Albion Market, funnily enough. Yeah. Um, and so I played the copper in that uh, for about five or six episodes. Then I had a week off. And I wrote an episode of i Market. Right. And then I thought, what am I going to do with this? Shoved it in and in the envelope and wrote on the front of it, the producer, had no idea who his name was, <laughs> and left it at the front desk. Three weeks later, I got a call from Bill Podmore. Anybody remember Bill Podmore? Yeah. He was the executive producer for a long time of Coronation Street. He was also the exec for, um, for I'll Be Market, and he asked me to come in. And he said, oh, I've read this script. He said, and I, I really like it. Will you come in and he well, when come in and meet me, meet the team. And I remember going, oh, my God, what does a writer wear? That was the only thing I could think of, you know, because I was an actor, really. Yeah. So uh, bought a trouser suit. <laughs> <laughs> i
0: <I'll> look butch. <laughs> I mean, people are on the lookout for writers. Sort of writing isn't something you can really you know, wing and get away with, as I've discovered in my career. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I've tried my best, but you know, they expect you to work hard. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot of people writing, I guess, who are sending in bad scripts, so when good scripts come in, they're quite a rarity, you know, there's... there's yeah. So, people, it's, great, it's great that that could happen in that way.
1: Yeah, it was lovely, it, you know, and it was fantastic that somebody, that somebody read it. Yeah. That's half the problem, you know, getting somebody to read it that understands and recognises a good script, because yeah. that's not always the case. No. You know, it, it can be so difficult and so frustrating. Yeah. And, you know, to this day, sometimes I feel that I've got to fight a battle. I'm still kind of, you know, I go, no, 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 you know, he, he's not really dead. You know, he's not really a ghost. I hear myself saying, <laughs> well, sort of is a ghost. You know, <laughs> but I, I'll say it's su- slightly supernatural. Yeah. You know, but uh, and I'm kind of go, why don't you just let me make it and then you can see
0: it? Yeah, it's my, you know. my philosophy. <laughs> uh, I refuse to show them anything I've done. Uh, um, and early on as well, which I didn't know until today, you wrote for Dramarama, which I remember. I did. And I was a bit too old to be watching that. And also you created Children's Ward, which was... I did.
1: Paul Abbott and myself yeah. created Children's Ward. We loved that. Yeah. Paul and I, uh, Paul have, you know, wrote shameless and many, many wonderful things that he's written, Um and uh, yeah, we did. We, we were both storyliners for a time on Coronation Street, and we used to do it really quickly, shove it in the drawer, and and, and, and then pull out our own work, right. you know. And kind of we and we had typewriters then. Yeah, you know, we, we we put the paper in and we you know wind it round and and we dream dream up this idea of you know a, a, a children's hospital. And you know I'd have a character say my my character Keely, and he'd take on billy and, and we'd be there chat and talk about it and when I read the scripts now to this day they're good they were good scripts, yeah, and we managed to deal with all sorts of like you know young people's problems, and we didn't do it for that reason, we just thought it's great drama yeah you know and, and it went on for twelve series and won a BAFTA yeah. and everything yeah. so you know. It was a good thing to do, really. Was,
0: well, people still yeah. remember that. Yeah, There's, they do. I think from brought... around that time was that, and Press Gang was another yeah. sort of very grown-up yeah, kids was... series. Uh, yeah. And you know, we'd, treat because... kids like adults. Yeah. That's,
1: we didn't write down for no. them. We just wrote the best drama that we could. Yeah. And uh, hence it, you know, hence it's it going on for twelve years. I yeah. think. And people
0: still remembering um, it and yeah. the, uh, cheering in the background. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. And, it's can, nice. Going to bring it back, Children's Ward? Oh again. well, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> And so, with with the act, you are obviously doing this acting. You're successful as an actor as well, and you still yeah. do bits and pieces I of do. acting. I do. But was, was there a choice to go more down the writing route as that became more successful? Or is, mm. is
1: I think what happened when I got offered *I'll Be market, um, I also got offered a part on *Emmerdale* um, as a, a I can't remember the. I think Kate Dove played the part, so it was a woman like in the late 30s, early 40s, and I remember thinking. Well, it's just a part, you know, and I can pick that up and run with it later. But right now, I didn't know any other female writers as such. Not in drama. I knew in comedy there were a a couple dotting about. And I thought, I'm going to do this. And I really thought that I had to make a choice... You know, unlike somebody like you know Phoebe Waller-Bridge, you know, who can now yeah. just run with it, and you kind of go like, you know, just do your own thing. And, and I think it's wonderful that the actors around, like Miranda Hart, etc., writes and acts in her own stuff. Because yeah. I would have loved to have done
0: that. Yeah, would you didn't feel it was an, an option, or you just
1: not back then? No. I mean, I've done bits and pieces. You know, I did a I did a stage play called Queen at the West Yorkshire Playhouse that I act, I wrote and acted in, and yeah. I'd like to bring that back at some point. Yeah.
0: Um, well, let's go to, ba- I mean, the thing with Band of Gold is, is such a bold idea, again especially, again, especially at the time, I think. To... Yeah, uh,
1: Yeah. well, I, I was actually walking, you know, well, I was driving to a party, actually, in Bradford, and uh, I, we were walk- driving up Lum Lane, and this young girl, I could see her in the distance, I thought, oh, you know, this is the red light district, and then this young girl bobbed down to look in our car as it passed by, and... Do you know, it was just literally felt as though somebody had punched me in the solar plexus because she was so young. Yeah. She was the age of my daughters. And I thought, I thought, what on earth is she doing now? It was November night. Her legs were like blue with the cold. And we went to this party and I said to Anthony, it was, it was on my mind the whole time. And I went, can we go back the same way as we came, you know, when we were driving home? And I went to look for her and um, couldn't find her. So I stopped another woman there was a sex worker and I said there was a young girl had blonde hair um, and I said she was only very very young she went oh that'd be Tracy she said oh that'd be Tracy she said, yeah, she's, she, she's, she's got pimp problems she's gone to work in uh, Nottingham and that's it mm-hmm. and I never found her, her that girl again but the character was born in my head yeah. and, and then and I, it depressed me it depressed me that young girls like that were out on the street you know working as sex workers I remember thinking we should be doing something about that you know, somebody should do something, and, uh, and then I thought, I know what I'll do. I'll write it. The best thing to do is just write something and make it bring an awareness that actually these are not just, you know, prostitutes inverted comma or sex workers. They're actually women first because we put a label on people so easily these days. So that's why that's what I did really, yeah. I, and I called it Band of Gold because somebody said it was a good name.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a good name. Yeah. Well, I wish I'd because the only acting roles I ever get now are people, perverts, who go to prostitutes. So, uh, if you could bring... <laughs> you,
1: you could, could be could, in my I'd, play. Yeah, well,
0: if uh, you've got anything for that. <laughs> yeah. I'm really, I don't know why I'm the most vanilla, boring person in the world. I mean, look at me, you wouldn't know it now, Look at me all dressed up for you, all smart. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm very good at perverts. Are you? Yeah. No, no, no reason, seriously, even though do, you, really... do you
1: want to act? Because I'm doing Band Gold at the Grand Theatre. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and we're good. looking for somebody that's a pervert. <laughs>
0: Finally! Finally, this no. fucking thing's paid off. Yeah. Finally, I got a fucking job out of it. Would you
1: come and see it if it was in it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Great. There you go. Cool. We'll sign you up. It's, that, it's literally that easy. <laughs> if only I'd known... <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, there's... Well, there's lots to talk. I mean, there's so much to talk about. I'm very annoyed about Fat Friends. I have to oh, say. Oh, what are you
1: annoyed about?
0: Because I had a, the same idea, and I was, oh. it was in development, and then that oh, came along. Oh no, really? And then that was the end of that. So oh. I, thanks a lot. <laughs> I killed you all. Thanks a lot. <laughs> but it's well, it's. I mean, it, but it is. A, it's. I was sort of amazed nobody had done it when. And I think you were probably working on it when I had the idea because it was. I was. I was sort of very early days, and then it was. Stamped on yeah. uh, <laughs> by your by you doing it brilliantly. <laughs> I think you did better than I would. it's, it's sort of spotting those those the the, the situations, isn't it? Yeah. It's just
1: ordinary people yeah. in a in a kind of slightly extraordinary circumstances. That's all it is, really. Yeah. That's what I'm known for, really. I suppose. Yeah. And um, around me, wherever I went, people were on a diet. Right. Everybody I saw was on a diet. Friends, family. They either wanted to lose seven pounds or they wanted to lose seven stones. You know, it was, it was just everywhere. And I thought, what is wrong with people? You know, why why don't you just accept yourself for who you are? And then I thought, I'll do a little bit of research. So, I thought I'll join a slimming group and get a bit of inside stuff. So I thought, yeah, there's one at my local kind of church hall, and I shall mention the name of the slimming club. But I thought I'll go along, and I thought how can I keep going? Because I need to kind of meet the characters and get to know them. But I thought I know what I'll do. I'll, I'll, um, I could put some heavy things in my pockets, <laughs> and you know, and, and and I might have to lose half a stone or something like that. So that's what I did, and I, I went along. And I'm going, yes, I'm a registration form and everything. And she went, okay, right, moving along, I'm moving along. Okay, step up on the scales. So I stood on the scales, thinking, you know, it'd be about four or five pounds, I bet. So and she said, okay. She said, well, we'll start half a stone at a time.
0: (laughs) And
1: I went, "Look down like that. I went, oh my God, when did that happen, literally? Because I just didn't know. I used to think, you know, I used to kind of say things like, Mark Spencer's tights have got smaller. (laughs) You know, or this has shrunk in the wash. This linen has really shrunk. You know, I couldn't, I didn't know it was happening to me because because I'm not that aware, I'm not that body aware. I'm a kind of cerebral person, I'm not really um, like that. So I remember going, sudden shock. I wasn't interested in the television programme anymore. <laughs> all I wanted to do was lose weight. That's all I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, and then I, and I got into it. Oh my God, I was so disciplined. These sins, that sins, you know, and I became quite preachy about it. So it was quite good because I went both sides. Yes. Do you know what I mean? I, I became like, you know, stick insect. The, the woman that ran the, the yeah. you know ran the group and I was sat the other side kind of being humiliated and, <laughs> and people you know everybody that had lost weight that week stood up and was all applauded you know and then those people that had put weight on were all named and shamed you know how much you yeah. would actually put back on and and I thought God this is incredible this is you know and and it was funny yeah it was really funny, so I thought to myself I, it, it was dramatic and funny yeah. so I thought yeah I've got this and then I pitched it at ITV and they
0: bit my hand off so yeah, yeah. I said we've got something like that in development <laughs> we'll do yours but, but, uh, <laughs> but you're a much better writer well I'm I go up and down with weight all the time I've lost a little bit this year oh well uh, but, but it sort of is fascinating that, that the, the way that uh, you know people keep going back to those things and I did Weight Watch. I did a Weight Watchers group with Julie Sawala and her family yeah. When I was going out with Julius a while, it wasn't... Oh. No? <laughs> uh, so they, ca- they came round a private little thing and they did a Weight Watchers group with us. It really? It su- was very, very surreal.
1: Uh, and, uh, Literally, they came to your house. They came
0: to what, they came to her house, yeah. They come to I'd mine. like that to happen to me, yeah.
1: actually. How do you get in touch with them? You
0: <laughs> but you lose weight and then you lose you interest and then you put it back on yeah, a bit more it. on. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah.
1: So it you just, put it more on.
0: Yeah, yeah, go back and forth.
1: So I turned it into a musical now. Yes. <laughs> and there's been touring... They toured all around the, the country and I loved that. So it gives it another life. Sure. You know, it was really great. And I learned such a lot. It was brilliant to learn something completely new yeah. about music. You know, Nick Lloyd Webber did the music. That was brilliant, yeah. you know, for me to learn and for him to, you know, I suppose break out from underneath his dad's wings, really, in a yeah. way. Yeah. Really good.
0: Is that, is that ongoing still or is that? Well, we're
1: going to tour it again. Yeah. Um, so we did big national tour, huge. It went on forever and ever, and then we stopped. And then because we're, t- we're doing Band of Gold now, and then we'll go and back. And I think it's two thousand and twenty yeah. that um, we're going to do another big Christmas show and tour that round.
0: It's great that you give, you've got this kind of extra life to. Oh, it's
1: lovely to see it. And yeah. then people come to see it because they want their characters. You know, they yeah. love those characters. You know, they loved Kelly and Kevin and Betty and Douglas. You know, and 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 they don't. You know that. They don't die, because that's the trouble with television. It is so kind of, you write the characters, you put it on, and it's all done and dusted in six weeks. Yeah. But it's lovely to think that actually the characters will live again. And, you know, and, and, to, and then they get to sing as well, yeah. you know, so it's
0: nice. <laughs> Did you find that, is that the first time you've written yeah. songs? Yeah,
1: yeah, and I didn't know that I could. I really <laughs> didn't know. So I just literally wrote something a bit like a poem, Yeah. only with the characters and the feelings in it. And then Nick took the poem slash song and then put music to it and i go like oh my god i wrote that (laughs) You
0: know it was terrifying uh, about you is basically anything you go i'll have a go at that oh yeah i'm really good at it yeah (laughs) i'll have a go oh no i've never thought doing that i'll give that a go yeah i can play badminton it turns out yeah i'm brilliant i'm (laughs) I'm bad at a lot of things trust me really bad (laughs) oh it's cool there was an amazing cast with fat friends and you got a lot of the people right near the beginning really i I mean Corden and yeah Uh, Was Ruth Jones in Ruth
1: Jones, yeah. Yeah. And it was great, because it was funny, because I genuinely wanted big people. Yeah. And actors used to come in and they'd go... And I'd go to them, you know, how much do you weigh? And, you know, you wouldn't be allowed to say that now. And they go, I'm ten and a half stone, you know. Like, it was gross. And i go, no, no, I'm looking for somebody more like 18 stone. And it was so pleasurable for me to say that, you know. And, and people would come in and they'd be padded up and stuff. Yeah. But Ruth and James were the real McCoy, yeah. you know. I mean, I'd seen James in a little tiny advert where he played the, the tango boy, right. literally. And he was, like, in the background Supping a can of Coke. And I remember ringing Beverly uh, Beverly, um, Doyle, who was my, uh, Beverly Keo, who was my casting director back then. And I said, there's a lad and he's in an advert. And she went, I'll find him. I said, he's got ginger hair and he's really chubby. And she found him for me. I was in London. I was actually at the Groucho Club, and uh, this lad comes stumbling in, and I thought, "That's him! That's him!" Because she'd been in touch with the, got in, managed to find him, yeah. and he literally came running over to me and got down on his knees, and he said, "Please give me this part. Please give me. It's me, Kay, It's me. I've battled all my life with weight." And and, and his dad had gone away to to serve in Iraq or something like that. And he went, I want this part, I want it. And, I, went, and I, went, I looked at him and I thought, well, you're perfect for it, actually, if you can act. Yeah. That's it, it's yours. And so I took him over to Spotlight and he auditioned and the rest is history. It's a
0: bit, a bit like meeting me and just thinking <laughs> I'd be the kind of bloke who visit prostitutes, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Same thing. <laughs> same thing.
1: You don't know where it could end. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I better go to yes, prostitutes just to get some... <laughs> some I better... Apparently there's some in Wakefield, so it's... Um, apparently there's some... <laughs> 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 oh dear uh, let's, uh, I'm going to ask a couple of emergency questions then we'll get back because there's a lot right. there's a lot to talk to you about but, uh, people well you're are, getting a proper book like, now. there's a proper book of emergency questions that will be available in the foyer after the show uh-huh. um, <laughs> the problem is I don't want to ask any of these uh, disgraceful questions that I've written <laughs> I'm not going to ask you any of those ones I'll go, I'll go early because you know these people in the suburbs they like, the, they like to get the early ones Suburbs. <laughs> yeah, no, nowhere near the suburbs. What am I talking about? Um, have you ever seen a ghost? Oh, Amber?
1: I suppose it, it... Funny enough, we were talking about surreal things, weren't we? Yeah. Um, I, it, I. It's a weird thing. But on the day... I'm going to sound like I'm bragging now, and I'm not. But on the day that I got my... Uh, I, I found out that I'd been awarded an OBE. I... I was in my kitchen and I looked up and I looked out of the window and, and I saw my mum, who'd passed away, sadly, like 10 years earlier, and I saw my mum as a young woman, just fleetingly for a minute, for a second. And so the day that I found out that I'd got my OBE was literally the day I saw a ghost, which was the ghost of my mum, which was absolutely extraordinary. And it, I, it was the most lovely feeling for me. Yeah. It was the most warm, lovely feeling to see my mum young and happy. Yeah really smiling at
0: me. But she'd been waiting until you got an OBE <laughs> before she came back. Like, <laughs> they wait ten years. Can't do something. All right.
1: I, f- I felt, though, I felt <laughs> as, though, as though she was kind of... I don't know, maybe it was me thinking I wish my mum was here yeah, yeah. to tell her. Do you know what I mean? I, don't, I, don't, I didn't know which way around it which way round it was. And I didn't tell anybody because I thought that i <laughs> will <laughs> be carted off. I'll never get my OBE. I'll be in some <laughs> lunatic asylum, you know. But, well, um, the, there's yeah.
0: a, the, the, you wrote a play about your mum, didn't you? I did. I did. passionate Just, woman.
1: Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. That was on at, the, at uh, West Yorkshire Playhouse. Yeah. Yeah, she came. Yeah, she told me this thing. Uh, it was extraordinary. So, I one day, I was in my middle 30s and... Uh, I, she was, we were washing up and drying up. I'd been around to her house. It was Wednesday. And I'd fallen out with my husband, Anthony, over some trivial thing. And she started telling me about a time when me, her and my dad were, were having a bad time. And then she went on to tell me that she'd had an affair with a man and uh, I washing, putting the pots away and everything, listening to this. And then she said, um, and I said, oh, so what happened to him? She went, oh, he got murdered. <laughs> God, right. She's, uh, yeah, his name was, was Craze. And he got murdered in the fairground. I went, right, okay. I said, oh, that must have been a shock for you. And she said, yeah, yes." Yeah. She said, uh, I really, really loved him. Which, for my mother to mention a man and love in the same sentence was remarkable. Because she was quite a feminist in her own way. And, um, and I, I realised that she was crying. I'd never seen my mother cry ever. And I just put my arms round her and hugged her. And I went, it's all right, Mum, it's all right. She said, I've never told anybody. This was over 30 years, she'd never told soul, And uh, and I went, don't worry, I'll never tell anybody, mum. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cut to 10 years later, and I didn't tell anybody for 10 years. Cut to 10 years later, my little brother was getting married. My, my, my mother loved her children, absolutely adored them, particularly loved my little brother. Anyway, he's getting married and she's uh, beside herself. and. She, I went, Mum, mommy, you know, he's, he's got to get married at some point. He's pushing 30, you know. And I said, it's not a bad thing, you know. It's a good thing, it's a good thing, you know. And she said, oh, I just wish I could crawl somewhere and die. She went, I really do. I went, oh, for goodness sake. But I, I remember thinking about this extraordinary thing that she'd said. And I thought, somebody crawling somewhere, too. So I put the two things together, this man, and on the day of my brother's wedding, and came up with a passionate woman. Rehearsed it, put it on at the West Yorkshire Playhouse, and I thought, God, I better let my mums have a look at this. So, preview. My mother sat there, me and her, a few others, people, not many. We watched it, and then afterwards, I turned to look at her, nothing. She went, oh, I quite like that. (laughs) I went, oh, good, thank God for that. Four days later, she said to me, can I go see it again? I went, yeah, yeah, you can go and see it again. She went to see it again. And then she turned to me and she went, this is about me. I now know what you've done. She went, it's about me, about what I told you. And I said, yes, but but, mum, I know that. You know that. Nobody else knows that. So it's all right. And I'm never going to tell anybody. I went, and you're not ever going to tell anybody. So nobody will ever know. Cut to press night. All the audience, all the press, you know, Daily Mail, Mirror, all the press that you could think of, Yorkshire Post, Yorkshire Evening Post, Wakefield, blah, blah, blah. Everybody there, plus it's absolutely heaving. Put the play on. Everybody loved it. We bring our our, um, chairs forward afterwards, questions from the press and and that, and they're all saying to me, "Oh, it's a lovely play, okay, blah, 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 blah. It seems really personal, and I'm kind of going, well, it is really personal, but... And they go, who is it based on? I'm going, oh, well, you know, it, um, it's not really just one person, you know, sort of trying to pre- prevaricate, etc. And then from the audience, my mum goes, it was me. <laughs> <laughs> so all the press turn <laughs> microphones under my mother's face. She goes, well, it was a long time ago and I had an affair. He was a lovely man. You know? <laughs> and then she... She goes into deeply personal things. (laughs) I'm just going, oh my God, you know, and that was it. That was my mother's coming out, really, in a way. But what what was wonderful about it was actually that she had no shame then. It'd gone, you know? I I think in a way I'd exercised it for her by seeing it on the stage. She realised it wasn't a bad thing that she did. She was in a very unhappy marriage with my my father and found, you know, uh, love whatever you want to call it. I mean, she still remembered him 30 years later. A very passionate affair she had with him. He lived um, above her right. in the flats in, in um, actually, yeah, in Sheepscore in Leeds. Right. So that was the story of a passionate woman. And then it went on to the West End. Ned Sharon yeah <laughs> directed it. And, uh, yeah, and so my mother came to that first <laughs> night, you know, so then it became, like, national, really. And yeah. she's still, you know, she's still said it was her story and she was happy to own it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think people, if the thing's good as well, especially, it's people like yeah. to be written yeah. about. On the whole, not everyone, I think. Is the, are you conscious of that? Because obviously you use a lot of things from yeah. your own life, even if you're changing them and yes. m- messing around with them. Is that a concern as a writer? Because I'm writing a, I write, my recent thing is It's all about my family, most of whom like it, and one of whom really didn't like it. Uh, Mm. So, it's difficult. Yeah, yeah, it's it's quite a difficult Mm. line to, you Mm. know, even if you think, oh, I'm being really respectful and, yeah, do do, do you worry about that, or do do you feel you? I don't. No,
1: No, I just kind of. I think a writer has to write what they want to. Yeah. You know what's in them, what they feel, and, uh, you know, it was like my mum told me that story. There was no way that I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't kind of share it with people because it was such a, a wonderful story. When I came out of the um, the stage door when we we put it on in, in the West End in London, literally as far as I could see were women all saying, "That's my story. That happened to me." And literally, Stephanie Cole, who played Betty, was mopped. Right. You know, because people just wanted, you know. It, it, they felt kind of, I don't know, as though they were redeemed, really. Yeah. You know, it was the, it was the most lovely experience and Stephanie looked at me, she went, who would have thought that it would have touched a nerve like that, you and know? It's
0: interesting though, isn't it? Those, that happens again a lot with things. You write something and, and then people go, that's... Yeah, that, to it to makes me. you realise kind of how similar yeah. people's experiences are. I mean, we do. Yeah. I think that's the thing with, with in writing and in comedy. You're sort of trying to reveal a truth. And, a truth. And, and yeah. most of us in our lives are trying to hide all the truths yeah, exactly. away, aren't we?
1: And then when suddenly you reveal a truth, yeah. people go, "Oh, it's all right. I feel all right now because yeah. because of this, I feel like normal. Yeah, really. Because you feel, you know, you can walk around feeling like a freak, or feeling like you know." that you're the only one that that happened, and it's quite isolating when you when you feel that, that you're, you're the only one that this has happened to. Yeah,
0: absolutely, yeah. And so, like, well, I'll talk a bit about the writing process, just this is for myself, uh, in an attempt... I'm trying, <laughs> to take, I'm, I'm trying to take notes so that I can be a better writer. Um, how do you... do you, I mean, I, I don't suppose you get many scripts turned down anymore, but... Yeah, you'd did, be surprised, you, <laughs> yes. yes. you do. I, how, cause it, I do. Because I find the difficult thing about being a writer, you've got to invest so much yeah. in the, writing a script mm. that when it doesn't happen or if something goes wrong, it's yeah. sort of like, I mean, it's not quite the same as having something happen to your children, but it's it's a horrible, yeah, cause you, you know, you've put so you much into it. you nurture it, yeah. you
1: cosset it, you protect it, you, you know, it, it, it is your baby, it yeah. is, you know, and yeah. you love it. You love it, and you share. then you share it with somebody. And if they go, no, thanks, yeah. not for us, that's like you taking your child to school and the teacher going, he's a bad boy. We don't want him at our school. Yeah. That's what it feels like. It's really painful. Um, I don't get it so much, but it still happens to me. Yeah. I mean, recently I had a, a script, um, Knocked Back, which was, uh, yeah, I, I'd written a script. The commissioner had said that she wanted that script, and that was what was... You know, she, she wanted, we went away very happy. I thought I knew what she wanted. And then higher up, somebody said, oh, I don't like things that have got a paranormal feeling to it. Right. Um, and so I thought, okay, I'll take the script back. It's my script, yeah. and I shall protect it and love it, and I shall take it elsewhere. I'll take it to a different school. Yeah, That's what I thought. And is
0: that, but if it, if it doesn't happen, I mean, I guess you, you've got your own production company, you can yeah. get things off the ground, I suppose, but do you, do you mourn that script, and, or do you just let it go? No,
1: you've got to believe in it. Yeah. You've got to love it. You have to, you know, Band of Gold didn't just happen. You know, a lot of, you know, BBC let it go. Mm. The BBC let it go... You know, I, I used to write to people saying, please, will you read my script? Please, will you read it? Nobody would read it. And if they read it, they weren't interested. Literally, because of the subject matter, what it was about. It took somebody brave at ITV to go, I get this, I know it, I understand it, and I think the audience will get it too. Mm. You know, um, but yeah, there were, there were at least two or three knockbacks before ever it got put on. And if I'd have lost faith in it, it would have just, you know, been in some draw. Yeah. And we would never have had, you know, Band of Gold on screen. And, you know, uh, people like Russell T Davis, gorgeous man that he is, you know, he said, I would have ne- if, if you wouldn't have written Band of Gold, Kay, I could have never written Queer as Folk. Yeah. And you <laughs> can't, you know, yeah. so it has a knock-on effect. Sure. You know, drama moves on because, you know, and then Queer as Folk happens, and because of that, something else will happen. But you, you've just got to be brave, and you've got to believe in it, and you've got to knock on doors, and you've got to be focused and love it. It's like letting your kid go. Yeah. If you let your kid go, you know, you think you don't care where they've gone, then that kid's not going to come... Well, they might come back, I don't know, <laughs> but... They might
0: come back when they're hungry. Yeah, they keep coming back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I tried to get rid of them. And uh, what's the quickest you've ever written a script uh, from start to finish? Because I sense that you work very hard to <laughs> your scripts, obviously. And, yeah. you, and you're, you're quite a planner, I think, by the sounds of what I've, I've read yeah. about you. Have I you ever written one very quickly?
1: I think I've had one commissioned very quickly. Yeah. I mean, the syndicate was commissioned very quickly. Right. I pitched it, and by the time I got in the cab to the to the train station, it'd been commissioned, which was pretty quick. Yeah. But writing-wise, soaps, uh, so oh. Brookside, yeah. literally, you uh, and, and Coronation Street, you would have very short time to turn it round. Right. So maybe a week, Right. you know, you'd write a script. But you'd... I mean, I used to be awake literally. I used to, you know, write through the night and stuff like that. I remember one morning going to my laptop uh, in the study and going, oh, I'll just write this scene. You know, I've got my dressing gown on. I've been in the shower, nothing. Sat there writing this scene. I thought, I'll just finish this scene and then I'll get in the shower and have my breakfast. And there I was writing, writing, writing. writing. And, then, and then I heard the door go downstairs and I kind of went, hello, like that. And then I went, because I used to write upstairs, went to the banister, looked over, and I went, and Anthony, my husband, was home. I went, what are you doing home at this time? And he said, it's six o'clock. <laughs> and so I literally I'd sat, I mean, it can't be good for you either. I'd literally sat from nine o'clock in the morning till six o'clock. And I didn't know. No. I literally, I hadn't eaten, I hadn't had a cup of tea, I hadn't done anything, I hadn't got up and walked about. Meant no wonder, I had a weight problem. You know, I mean, literally just, <laughs> you know, bummed to see... <clears throat> brain to thing because I was so engrossed in what yeah. I was writing and you had to have the script in yeah script had to be in or else soap opera can't happen yeah you know you have to. so not only are they looking for writers that are good but they're also looking for people that can turn a script around fast
0: yeah it's exciting, though, when you get... Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, I think I when you, when I was younger, I felt that happened a lot, where I could stay yeah. up all night and yeah. something was buzzing, buzzing around so much yeah, that you yeah. couldn't even sleep anyway, yeah. so you'd just get up and write yeah. through the night.
1: And we used to, you know, gather as a little group, so it'd be me, Jimmy McGovern, you know, Fant- Frank Cottrell Bo- Boys, they're all... These are all great writers. Phil Redmond didn't know what he had, literally, as team writers. Yeah. And we'd fight like mad for our, our bit of script and we'd say, No, he'd never say that. He'd what is he die before he'd do that. Literally there'd be fruit and and breakfast <laughs> stuff flying around the room. Every everybody felt passionate yeah. about the characters about, you know, Billy Corkill, about, you know, uh, Sue Johnson's character. Every you know, he 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 did have some great writers yeah. writing for him, you know. I mean Jimmy McGovern's script were just amazing. You could just, you used to read them, you couldn't put them down. They were just amazing scripts. And, you know, he's gone on and written fantastic things since. Yeah. But it was, you know, I knew when I was reading those scripts, I remember thinking, this man's a genius. And if any, you know, if you want to learn about writing, just pick up a Jimmy McGovern script or watch a Jimmy
0: McGovern program and you'll see a real master at work. Yeah. And, well, so let's just quit, we haven't got too much time left, but. how do you think uh, that we can address the kind this kind of percentage of female? Because it seems to me like writing is you know it's it's so you know you've got to have empathy. It seems yeah. like a, a thing that w- that women are better at, really. If I, mm. I, why is why is the because percentage think, so small? I
1: think because a lot of the commissioners are men, and I think they tend to trust men more. Um, I think there there is a shift. There is a shift. I personally. Um, mentor six writers, um, f- four of them, slash five, um, are, are, <laughs> are women. Uh, I'll, t- I'll take on, you know, some, a man if I think he's outstanding. Mm-hmm. In fact, you know, there's just, there's something at the moment that's about, you know, we'll be going to production soon with that. And that gives me great pleasure to actually bring up new writers uh, and, and to get particularly the female voices through. Um, and, uh, you know, we had something which you can still catch, I think, on iPlayer called Overshadowed by a brand new uh, writer called Eva O'Connor, who wanted to write about anorexia. Amazing piece and very, very topical. Uh, the other side of Fat Friends, you know, about, yeah. women, about young, young people that are, have got um, terrible illness, um, eating disorder. Uh, and I loved that. I got as big a buzz out of that, working with her seeing her work come through like giving her a voice as i as i do you know when i get ma- get a commission of my own yeah you know it's bigger better bigger and better really
0: yeah and it's i mean it's just not it's not just a gender thing as well obviously it's a class thing as well in that it's very yeah. it's i mean it's increasingly hard for uh, in all entertainment think, for working class people to be able to afford to yeah. spend the time in the way that the yeah. sort of Eton people have got yeah, their so, parents to fall back
1: on. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. You know, it's like I did the same with Sally Wainwright. Um, you, I, I feel obligated. If I see a woman's script that's brilliant, I feel obligated to get behind it and to champion her. That's what I feel I have to do now. Yeah. But I felt that a long time, you know, for a long time. I felt that um, back in the day. I remember saying to Sally, you have to leave Coronation Street. Because she was a Coronation Street writer, she yeah. and I could see that was a massive thing for her because Coronation Street paid quite a bit of money, you know. And actually, out there in the big wide world, it's frightening. But had she not left Coronation Street, we wouldn't have had Happy Valley, we wouldn't have had Last Tango in, you know, Last Tango in Halifax. Yeah. We wouldn't have had the great shows. So sometimes you have to, you have women have to get behind women, I think, because yeah. there, there are some men that you know that they're not all men are not all horrible there's some fantastic men there is some no no there is some because fa- no, you know it, some men are wonderful yeah. at, at recognizing the, the inequality and you know you, you've brought this up not me yeah. so you recognize it too yeah, which no, i definitely. think is fantastic and but um but it does take women to champion women as well yeah. it really does men to recognize it and women to get behind them really yeah.
0: Push them forward. And it's, I mean, it, but it's so much of it. I mean, and not everyone, there, there's presumably some K Mellers out there who didn't, you know, d- didn't get through, you know. Yeah. You know, so um, there, there's, for there's, sure, there's, there's luck in it, but, but also tenacity. You've got Well, to, it's that drive, yeah. isn't it? It's, it's that desire to, to do it. And you see it in yeah. comedians, you see it in writers, yeah. Yeah. because it's a com- very, very competitive a- arena. Yeah. And like you say, I think, I don't know if this is backstage or on stage, <laughs> you said this, yeah. but if the person reading the script doesn't, yeah. get it yeah you could have a brilliant script that just gets yes. tossed to the wrong pile, yeah. pile as well so yeah, there's yeah. there's all these hurdles to get yeah. through yeah but i think i think with writing more than anything that talent will be recognized because it's you can't you can't fake writing i don't think i don't you can't fake being a good writer no you no. can occasionally you can see an actor and go you know you've kind of lucked your way through to, to yeah, getting yeah, this, yeah. Getting no, this you, career but you can't with
1: i i I can read a script and that and go, you're trying to be a good writer. Yeah. You know, you've learned about structure. You've learned about you know, things like uh, how, how to write stage directions. But you've not been able to tap into feeling. Mm-hmm. You've not been able to tap into... You have no real empathy for the character that you're writing. You know? And they don't need to necessarily be a good character... You know I remember Sue Johnson saying to me please don't make me a saint Kay, when I first started writing Brookie yeah. she went, I'm so tired of being a saint she went this is boring to act and I remember thinking yeah actually it, wouldn't it be interesting to see the other side of of um, Sheila Grant which which is what I tried to do I flicked it to the other yeah. side and I had a lot of like opposition in the room they're going oh no but oh no but you know but, but but Sheila Grant's wonderful she's I'm going yeah but she's also human and we all come. We've all got the double sides to us. We've all got, you know, the darker side, the funny side, you know, the the romantic. Side. We're all multifaceted, sure. and you have to tap into everything.
0: Yeah, I mean, is that I think that empathy for your own characters is the key, isn't it? It's you, the key. That you're caring about yeah. the characters. You clearly yeah. massively care about I even do. the characters from 30, yes. 40 years ago. You're still. Yeah, I do. You're still I love them. them. Yeah. I
1: love them, and that's what. You know, putting them on stage now gives them another life, and yeah. I love to see that. I loved it. You know, when I, when I sat watching uh, Fat Friends, I just loved it. I was sat there, and I would have done it for nothing. You know, I just loved sitting in the aud- auditorium with the with, with with all the you know the audience there watching my characters on the stage. Yeah. I just loved that. You know, and they did too, and that's why you know that's what's so wonderful about about theatre, and you know in as opposed to television, because television's great, but, you know, I'm sat in my living room watching it, and um, I, I invite round a few friends, and we sit and watch it together, but it's so kind of, if I didn't do that, I'd be just sat watching it, and go, well, that's the end of that. All yeah. that all that effort that I put in, and it's gone like yeah. that, and that, you know. Yeah, they pay you well, but actually, you get to a stage where it's not about money anymore. It's, I mean, it's never been about money for me, to be honest. It's always been about, what I want to do or what I'm driven to do. And half the time, you know, if they, did, if they didn't pay me, I'd still do it. Don't, <laughs> don't tell them that. It's
0: true of all of this. Yeah. Right, well, we're going to have to wrap up, I'm afraid, oh. pretty soon, but I do want to ask you... Okay what your feelings are on rhubarb, before we go. Rhubarb? Yeah. Oh, crumble with yeah. Um, custard. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's... Um, well, we're famous for it, I Yorkshire. Know. yeah. Yeah, yeah, No, know, I love rhubarb. we in the
0: rhubarb triangle, or in the yeah, capital it... of the rhubarb triangle. <laughs> we're right there the clitoris of the rhubarb triangle now. <laughs> <laughs> Where is that? Yeah. I love rhubarb crumble, it's nice. Rhubarb yeah. crumble I mean, is you know, just wonderful. A, it is a sort of and useless thing. Is it a vegetable or a fruit? I don't no, know what it fruit. is. No, it's a fruit. It's a fruit. It's useless, isn't it? No, it a isn't. Load it. Of shit, gorgeous. Isn't it? It's like, you have to put loads of sugar in it. It's poisonous, isn't it, unless you cook it. It's the shittest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like a rhubarb crumble, though?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: My gran used to make a nice rhubarb crumble. Anyway, uh, look, it's so... I'm so grateful oh, for you doing this. and I know you, you've Richard. been just flown in and you've been yeah. absolutely awesome. Uh, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, please give a massive round of applause. Hey oh, Mella! Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. We'll we'll be back. Uh, Have a little... Have some rhubarb. (laughs) Go and have some rhubarb. We'll be back. How do you like them sky potatoes?